starting my day on a cloudy yet humid morning at 11 a.m. This is Kampala. So now we're entering um, Buganda Road Flats, Block 665, and we're going in to have a conversation with an incredible filmmaker who created a film that wonderfully told of my lived experiences with regards to her identity. Well, we never know where inspiration comes from or when it will hit. So Scalp Deep uh, is a film about a young woman, kind of an African woman, a Ugandan woman, um, trying to navigate um, people's perceptions of her when she decides to cut her hair off. And so that was kind of the idea behind the film of it was supposed to be a documentary initially about the construction of identity and hair and how we look at who we are and how we identify based on other prejudices or ideas people have about us based on how we look, but more specifically based around what our hair looks like and the length of our hair because and the styles in which we wear our hair because um, I think it was a topic that globally was trending at the time because the other component of the film was I was trying to make, I was trying to see how viable it was to use mobile phone technology as a mode for actually making um, film product but also something that felt like premium but something that was going to be able to screen kind of and, and people see it as a professional product, mm-hmm. even though it was shot on a on mobile a phone. phone. So that was the uh, initial proposal that I sent through to Gutter Zentrum. So I already spent some of my money buying like different like microphones and like mini stands and like gimbals in order to be able to kind of try and shoot this film creatively as a documentary. And then when the lockdown happened, I spent most of my budget. So then I was very much <laughs> limited as to like, oh, now what do I do? Because I spent all my money, but now I can't you go out and equipment. I have you the equipment. Right, and by the way, I still have the equipment, but (laughs) (laughs) but I still can't shoot and go and film anybody. So what do I do? So I had to have this um, pivot, and when I and so sometimes it's interesting where kind of creativity comes from because a lot of the time it comes through adversity that you fall upon an idea or a new way to do something and a new way to present an idea. So I thought, well, if I can't go out and actually film people, what's the next thing that I can do? Because now it relies on me doing it on my own. So initially I thought, oh, maybe we can use Zoom, but the technology was a little bit, I mean, not that the technology was new, but people hadn't, weren't used to using Zoom in the I same way. I mean, it was way. the start of exactly. COVID, Exactly, it was remember. the start of COVID. So we weren't all sure about the capabilities <laughs> the sound quality, the audio quality, the visual quality of it. And I didn't want to make something that came out looking crap. So I said, well, maybe I can try and draw this. Um, my twin sister is a very good artist. I did art at, at when I was in O-level. So I thought, well, maybe I can draw it. So I did a bunch of research, tried to figure out the simplest, most cost-effective way I could do this because I'd spent my grant money. <laughs> and so essentially this became a, a, a project that I had to do for free entirely without or with as minimum amount of money as I possibly could spent in it and do that using animation so that was and and drawing so I taught I basically that's why I call myself a self-taught illustrator because I basically so really going into sculpture as a visual medium because it's a visual film it really is a visual storytelling sort of platform you are coming into your own as 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 a storyteller, as a visual storyteller now? Very much so. I mean, because I think 
until I made Scalp Deep, people would ask me what I did for a living. Or what. I always used to say, I can't call myself a filmmaker <laughs> because I've not made any films. I mean, yes, I made the little film, but nobody had seen it anywhere. And so, really, it was a coming into myself in a lot of ways because after I made Scalp Deep and then I started putting it in festivals and I started getting some international attention and people liked it and it resonated with people and very much that it resonated with people here was the most important thing to me that Mm -hmm. people, it wasn't so much about it hitting globally, it was more about how does it resonate to audiences here in Uganda Uganda. because this was a specific context in which I made this film and then I said, well, now I can actually call myself a filmmaker or an emerging filmmaker. (laughs) About those uh, constraints of feeling incapable in a way Right, yeah, really actually that was the biggest hurdle in making animation because the technology I felt like once I had the app, it was easy enough to execute using what the app. What app were you using? It was called Flip a Clip. Flip a Clip. <laughs> yeah, so it's a mobile phone app. And so it's free to download. So initially when I was doing it, I did it. I borrowed an iPad because, again, that counts as mobile phone technology to me because <laughs> I couldn't draw on my little tiny phone that I had. So I had to kind of f- first challenge was finding a bigger canvas that I could draw on that wasn't a computer, which then became the I, an, I, an iPad. So I bought an iPad, and I downloaded the app onto the iPad, and then my next challenge was, I don't have a digital pen. So <laughs> the iPad I borrowed, it didn't come with a pen, and so I had to then... Oh, find a way to make a stylus pen. You have to tell and us shops about were not open. Pen. Absolutely. Shops were not open at the time because again it was locked down so I couldn't go out mm-hmm. and try and find and buy the pen. I don't really spend is my becoming budget. a theme now. Exactly. So yes, the lockdown kind of opened up like another avenue of creativity because then I started Googling a digital pen it must be possible to make this. Like Sure, Apple pens, I don't know, cost, what, 70 <laughs> bucks? But I'm sure there's some technology there that's cheaper than this that can accomplish what I need to. Because if I can draw with my finger, there must be a simple on your phone, right? There must mm-hmm, be a simple mm-hmm. way to do mm-hmm. this. So I started Googling, and sure enough, I found a tutorial on YouTube about how to make a stylus pen. And so I ended up finding, you know, those old Parker pens? And they because they used to be really, they used to, the brand normally used to have metallic, some water, you needed the metal tubing and it would conduct and so and you needed a kind of tip to use to like as the like the tip of a the pen point, yeah. and that point uh, had to be slightly damp or wet because I don't know how the water and the metal create some kind of bridge that then creates mm. static that then ends up <laughs> creating mm. Mm. Uh, like drawing so I ended up finding that tutorial and then I looked all around the house for like a metallic pen and Q-tips were easier to find everybody has those earbuds or whatever they are in the but house a metallic pen because we haven't yeah. I mean, yeah, sure, but the other option was to use tin foil. Like, if you didn't have a metallic oh. pen, you could use like tin foil. So I first tried it with a tin foil, but it was so hard because the tin foil kept moving and unraveling, and so that became too complicated to do. So then I, that's, I had to search for the little oh. metallic pen. So I eventually found one, luckily, and got that. Took out like the 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 ink the ink like I don't know the ink well thing that you have in the inside. I don't know what it's called. And then I put in. I started inserting like uh, little um, ear cotton buds, and you wet them slightly, and then you can draw with it. And so that's what I did. And then you just have to keep changing them. I must have gone through I don't know how many like <laughs> little Try like. 
packaging of <laughs> of Q-tips, like maybe thousand, like a thousand of them, because I ha- had to keep changing them, not to scratch the surface of the iPad, mm-hmm. and and also keep wetting them so that then they become a furry on the end once you keep drawing with them. So it took about, I think Dang. in total, it took me about four four to six months to actually do the drawing once I kind of landed on the idea and how I was going to re-execute it once Six I pivoted. Months. Yeah, a how good many frames while. did you I mean, it was a whole lot of frames because it's, um, it's, the film is like six minutes, 41 seconds. Mm-hmm. I end up drawing about, I don't know, into like a Th- 1,119 or something frames like that. Uh, I have to check on the iPad yeah. how many <laughs> frames it actually is because it was what I saw that you on a makeshift pen on a exactly. Oh, wow. <laughs> but it's not like you have to draw every single frame because sometimes if you like if it's a static image, right? You're using the same frame can mm. hold still. Mm. You can mm. use the same image like and across yeah. a timeline. Like there is editing, a shot right? actually where she, with her hair, the, the character in the film with her hair, and that shot stays for longer than just a, a yeah ex- exactly so some things you can like you can elongate i'm calling it a short <laughs> illustration <laughs> yeah it's a short like well, it's, it's like, a short yeah so you you can like lengthen things actual physical talking but that's also because it was so hard for me to draw lips moving and <laughs> actually kind of animate and have it look any kind of like decent way so i think you only have a scream in there that shows like actual mouth movement <laughs> is a scream um because imagine me screaming and opening my mouth right that was easy enough to accomplish and so that's why that's the only real (laughs) audio but you accomplished it in with an with a knowledge base that you had right yeah i had to search for all that knowledge base and i had to also draw a lot from references because again it was like well how do i make this pose look like this how do i um make a person spin and then you realize yeah. oh I can't do that because it's too complicated so they can only do this there's a sequence at the end where there's a dance um, and all the characters are kind of only pretty much moving side to side obviously I imagined it a lot more ki- more choreographed but my drawing ability limited what I could do so then had to simplify it in this in this way even like the simple thing of accomplishing at the very beginning the screen has kind of a wipe where it is somebody shaving the black yeah, off the screen yeah, yeah. and even that took me a really long time because i had to figure out well how do i do it and then filling in all that black and drawing all of that and drawing the sh- the the razor from up to down to up to down to up to Which down to all the way across took me a very long Did time add, honestly because you talked about this being the next frontier anyway at least with covid we saw like yourself and other creatives you had to reconfigure <laughs> your stories and figure them out. Yeah, and I think for some things it works, for some other things maybe it doesn't work so well. How limiting was it? How I did mean, it, it was not ex- work for this story? It was extremely limiting to me, but in a way that limitation helped it. Help times don't always move translate the story forward. They don't translate yeah. well, or people don't connect to them in the way that you might think. Um it's like sometimes films where CGI is overproduced and there's too much of it in yeah. there and something becomes so it loses unrealistic. It loses exactly. Mark. So sometimes having some constraints is something allows your creativity to flourish mm. in a myriad of ways that you couldn't possibly have imagined if you didn't have that restriction of that restriction. But um so this idea of a film and ident- of, of hair and identity was kind of trending in the zeitgeist and all the conversations that were being had about 
uh, hair and black people's hair in Western society and not very much in African societies. And I, being an African, having grown up, being raised here in Africa, I said, but this is also an issue, not just in Western mm-hmm. cultures mm-hmm. and where but also here in Africa, even in a country or in places where it's predominantly people of color or black people, our hair still is a form of identity, but Mm. it's also suppressed in many ways. And people also project a lot of information or prejudices based on how we wear our hair. So Scalp Deep for me was about exploring that issue of hair and identity, but in the context of Africa and African women. I remember watching this in the, um, watching Scalp Deep, in Nangalavi Short Film Festival, and it just spoke to me. Have you? I wear my hair short, so it was just a film that spoke to me. But just I don't know for you coming into this, what, which points of the story do you feel did you pull at from your own personal experiences? Yeah. Well, okay. I pulled a lot from, okay, for example, there's a scene in towards the end where she's in a gallery and there's looking at a piece of art and this man approaches her and says, well, you know what? It has a conversation like, well, you know, you'd be pretty if your hair was longer. So these are real things that people have said to me and to other people because I'm not the only person that people say, well, you know, if you look this way mm-hmm. or if you did this or if you lost weight or if you, the, like, people, there's a lot of things that people, and especially it comes to them because you don't hear people saying that a lot about men like oh if you shaved your beard you'd be more handsome Mm -hmm. or if you cut your hair I mean they do get it sometimes but it's very it's not as uh, pervasive and it doesn't like affect them professionally or in a personal sense as much as it does women because women are accepted or people who identify as women are expected to Wear their hair. Yeah, wear their hair a certain way. way. Wear certain types of clothes in Mm. order to attract people in order to um, to um, even like project power, project professionalism, project intellect, project. But at the same time, you are also uh, there's a it's a double edged sword because if you do that, then also you 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 get the reverse side where or you're too vain or uh, she's just in. She's just. It's just because of her looks, or it's just because uh, of this. So you're it's on not winning. Both sides. Exactly, <laughs> you're almost not winning on either side. So people project their beliefs on you either way. And so, I wanted to explore the reverse side of that. So, mm-hmm. and I do. I think the film captures kind of both those things because there's also like a little kind of graphic. I, of human connection yeah. that people are having, right? So it's another way of creating connectivity, which people also seem to ignore that part of friendship and and creating um, a human connection. Yeah, that human connection and, and, and having people do for each other. It's actually an act of service. And I think always in the black community, people don't see it as that. But when somebody braids your hair, it takes time. It takes... Um, it I mean, just, just in me looking nice is invested in doing something for me. It's an act of caring. Yeah. It's an act of it's service. An act of society. It's an act of society space where we can still connect like that. But I mean, you you had in the film. I, I want you to be the one to test this. In the film, um, there is that connection that we get between the character and her mom. Yes. Exactly because I think well, from a very young, just because <laughs> I think. Um, 
I think obviously it's two it's different generations of people, right? It's generations of people who grew up having this idea of in order to grow to be in a society, your hair had to look a certain way, and then a younger generation where people are having these conversations, but also having a parent who is very much about like you, yes. You have, these are things that you have to balance in life because just because you want to do it doesn't always mean it's acceptable, but you should always strive to be who you are, right, in whatever context. And that's the advice that the mother says. Well, if you like it, that's what matters. Um, I think we're becoming more open as a society because you, you can also understand, if, I mean, I can understand where all this perception comes from. The education we've had, the, tra- the, the information we've been fed in our hands has always been that skewed. So, but I think maybe the the pandemic, going back to the pandemic, being able to work, for example, to sit in a boardroom without having to have gone to the salon in two months, in three months at a time, allowed you... I, I, I guess beyond here is like... Because here's another idea. If you're not comfortable in yourself... Will, how are you going to be comfortable around others, right? If you're not comfortable in your own skin, if you don't feel confident in your own skin, then you're not, it's very rare that you can project that same confidence when you're around other people. It also beca- it becomes inauthentic. And, Which is and counterproductive for, exactly. for, for companies because you should want the people that are working for you to feel authentic, to authentic express themselves so that they can do the work. Yeah, exactly. If I can move beyond this issue, you know? then... I, that's one thing off my book that I don't have to worry about, then it's it's less energy that I'm yeah. spending arguing with people about this, having to convince people that this is not a problem. You know, it, 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 it frees up a lot of time um, yeah. for people. And that freedom is when you have that, when you ha- have that additional time, you channel it into more productive exactly. things and, yes. t- and more, <laughs> and more productive more co- conversations. <laughs> because again, while he, your hair isn't very por- is, 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 is very an important part of your identity, it's also something that's also very temporary, right? Because imagine yeah, this conversation, and right? And what happens out. if your hair, if cutting your hair off is not a choice? It happens because of genetics. It happens because um, you're going undergoing chemo chemotherapy. Mm-hmm, people don't mm-hmm, create mm-hmm, that same mm-hmm, sense of judgment mm-hmm. around you. Yeah. In fact, people amplify you when it comes out of a tragic situation, yeah, yeah. which is very interesting. You're like, it's okay to have short hair, but if you have Only a if problem. you had no choice in it. Right. <laughs> if you had exactly. no choice in having short hair, that's fine. So that's but. another conversation people should be having. Why is it okay for it? If it's a disaster, then I'm allowed to look this yeah. way. But if it's a choice, then it's a problem. Yeah. To come to you with questions and we'll have the conversation yeah, and I think the film, I guess, based on the politics of this country, it's not like a humongous subject matter in the film, but I think one of the things is that um, when the character, because she doesn't have a name, again, that's the other thing, it was because I didn't give that person a name because I was like, people should be able to transpose themselves on that person, right, on that mm. experience and not necessarily who that person, having that person be called something particular, but also there's a scene where they're on Zoom and because I wanted to add into that film that component of sexual identity, right, and gendering of people and very much also the, who they love and how hair plays into that. Because, again, people choose to express themselves a certain way. So some people do choose to cut their hair in order to be or to wear their hair a certain way in order to be identified correctly, like you said. And 
to show people this is a signal of who, this is a signifier of yeah. this is who yeah. I am and who the type of how I want to express my sexual so, preferences or my sexual identity, not just my gender identity. So there is a scene in the film where it comes up with a kind of like an LGBTQI flag in there because also her friends are questioning, well, why has she cut her hair? Is she trying to tell oh, us something? The and the, because it was like, because that's the other thing, what are you trying to tell? Mm-hmm. It was asking the question, what are you trying to tell yourself, us with about your hair? Like, are you revealing something mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. were you hiding something? Because there's also that question, right? About when... When, when it comes to hair or even how people dress and choose to present themselves and how you create your your identity in, in public, right? So it, I did, given the politics of this country, obviously it's not a conversation that we've had a lot in public, but maybe this was is not really, didn't come across as well, but you have a melting face, and maybe people didn't recognize that, but that was an image which is a reference to a time cover which had... A melting face. Yes, in the same Zoom scene, and the face Mm -hmm. is melting Mm -hmm. because it's like, is this person having a meltdown? But actually, it's actually a (laughs) reference of two things. There was a time cover that had Trump, because he used to have these huge meltdowns, so President Trump having these huge meltdowns, and his face is kind of melting, (laughs) and so I was referencing that, but also it came from the idea of Britney Spears when she cut her hair, people thought, this woman is insane. It's a mental health issue, right? Mm -hmm. So it was also attached, not just necessarily to sexual identity or gender identity or gender presentation, but also to your personal mental health. Like, you must be crazy. Why have you cut your hair? And it often happens that women get this comment, because uh, I talked to several women, and they said this. When I cut my hair, people said, oh, what's wrong? What happened? Why did you cut your-? There was always <laughs> some something like, oh, had to sure happen okay? to you. It's always the idea of loss and not gain when it comes yeah, to short yeah, hair, right? Yeah. It's like people don't think of it as you're gaining something. They yeah, often think of it as yeah. like taking something yeah. away from you. You're, make, you're making that choice for your own reasons and those are things that you're gaining. You're gaining the, the expression of that choice and I think maybe what um, because people get in to watch scalp tape what is the continuing conversation that you want that, that, that you hope we keep having? Well I think it's a conversation about personal expression but us but and how we um, kind of manifest that, how that is manifested, and how we allow people's space to be who they are Mm. and express themselves in whatever way they feel is appropriate to them, you know? And also for people to think about the effects of their thinking on what other people look like or how other people or how they perceive how other people present themselves. Because like I said, it goes beyond just hair. It's about skin color. It's about your gender. It's about, these are all visual things, visual cues that we need in society. And it's important to recognize that, yes, we do need visual cues to identify people correctly in a lot of ways, right? But also there's space not to have such specificity about certain things if people don't require it or don't want it and to have and to allow the space for people mm. to have that freedom right because mm. i mm. said like i said it 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 frees up a lot of time and a lot of space for people to be their full authentic selves and that's i think what it's the heart of this film is being your true authentic, authentic self. self be your true authentic self <laughs> hey hey it's now 5 p.m. in the evening and we are full. 
we managed to finish the conversation at, with introspective thoughts, inspirations, knowledge, and the very sense that if you dream it, if you want to do it, then it's possible through the circumstances you face, such as global pains like COVID-19 or individual financial constraints. Now, to quote Napo Moshene, a South African poet that I recently had the pleasure of learning from at the Kampala International Theatre Festival of 2022. What you want, wants you. What you seek, seeks you. And what you know, knows you. There is always, there is always a way. This was produced with the financial support of the European Union. Its contents are the sole responsibility of Tutu and do not necessarily reflect the views of the European Union. <laughs>